You're listening to the Medic Materials Podcast, hosted by Mike Turek, Emily Yates, Kelsey Coons, and Gerard Cuomo. All are current EMS providers and educators with a combined 30 years experience. Each month, we discuss EMS news, medical science, and review actual EMS calls, bringing many educational opportunities to the listener. Portions of the calls have been altered to protect the privacy and identity of all involved. Hello and welcome everyone back to the Medic Materials Podcast. What did you say about that one, Gerard? I didn't catch it. Uh, right at the end. It, it was just a grunt. I went through. Oh. <laughs> like I roll from here. <laughs> oh, at the very first, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> There's always something. Always something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we are finally back. A, a little bit late. What are we, a week late on this one? Yeah. Oh, well, who cares? Yeah. But, sorry, sorry, guys. Um, I think that one actually, that one's my fault this time. Yeah, Kels, get your shit together. Sorry. Yeah, right? <laughs> actually, Trying to become a paramedic. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. And... And I'm trying to buy a house. Oh, I know. It's <laughs> just, yeah, it, it is. It has been a scheduling nightmare uh, for all of us. But uh, we want to, you know, wish everybody a happy belated EMS week. I have it in here on my notes. I was going to be like, "Yay, happy EMS week!" But yeah, that fell now through. It's gone. Now it's gone. <laughs> so uh, hope you all enjoyed your pizza. Yeah, week. hopefully everyone enjoyed their pizza exactly. Um, I but got some really good subs from one of the hospitals, actually. <laughs> See, I didn't go to the hospital once because I, I didn't work at all during EMS week. So even, how did you spin that one? Well, I left one job and didn't pick up any shifts <laughs> for the other. Treat so. yourself for EMS week by <laughs> not <laughs> working. I was at the hospital right. more times I, than I think I've ever been during EMS week, and I got all the snacks. I took a vacation. I'll buy my own fruit roll-ups, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I had a really good buffalo. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Fire Department Chronicles. If you if you haven't seen their uh, EMS Week short, check it out. It's yeah, pretty funny. It is pretty funny. I saw it uh, in like middle of last week or something like that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we're all here, and um, uh, unfortunately, we uh, because of the fact that we couldn't get together, uh, I couldn't reach out to our super special guest to be able to schedule him for this uh for this episode so once we nail down like next month's schedule of recording i think uh i will contact and see if i can get him on here for next month so uh i do have other cool announcements so kelsey let's go to your rig check and then we'll breeze through those announcements and get started with a uh call review so, guys, as Mental Health Awareness Month comes to an end, we do want to note that even though the recognition is ending, the fight still continues every day. Mental health awareness is an everyday occurrence, and there are resources and help available at, at any point. The Code Green campaign is a really big one. Operation At Ease is also a huge one. And there's a million others that you can reach out to every day. So make sure you're reaching out, whether it's to family, friends, professionals, or even us. Like, we're open all the time. We've mentioned it before. We'll mention it again. Reach out. We're always willing to talk. I mean, we talk a whole lot about whatever we can. We talk about nothing. I didn't want to say that, but sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. It's okay. We're honestly in this together to make the profession better, and honestly, that's going to start at the ground level with us and our mental health. We can't treat patients to the best of our abilities and effectively if we are struggling ourselves every day to even make it to work. On a more, a little bit more positive note, Turk is doing CMEs this Thursday, the Ooh, 26th, yeah. from <laughs> 7 to 9 p.m. at 2525 Volunteer Drive in Cairo, New York. That is Cairo, C-A-I-R-O, New York. All oh, Cairo. Welcome to obtain. There's no, it's it's said and it's spelled like Egypt. It's said <laughs> like the syrup. Yeah, uh. it's, it's a little odd, but everybody's welcome to attend. All levels of providers. 
everybody who listens. The first CME is going to be on pacemakers, which, as we all know, he's going to have really good insight on and probably more yeah, I wonder understanding. Why. I wonder why. <laughs> probably a higher level of understanding than any of us as ground providers are ever going to really get unless, you know, we have one ourselves. And then the second one's going to be on brain bleed recognition and management. So those are both really important to attend. You're going to get the continuing education credit for them and just really great to know. And then we're going to shout out our listeners in Trinidad and Missouri. So thank you guys Trinidad. out there for listening to us. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's uh, it. That's all I got. You're perfectly timed. Yep. Perfectly. That's my old backyard. I got, I got to shout out to my people. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I want to piggyback off of your statement for uh, National Mental Health Awareness Month. And, you know, there's – we always plug, you know, Code Green Campaign, Operation at Ease. Well, I dug way deeper into places that I didn't want to go on the internet and um, – <laughs> And, I've uh, been to those places, <laughs> right? Um, and slightly I, amusing, but mostly painful. Right, right. Yeah. And um, you know, it. If you, you know, if you, a partner, you know, a family member, anyone else that you guys may feel like they need help or assistance or anything, you always can go to the Code Green campaign or Operation At Ease. But I want to bring up a third foundation uh, that I did find that has some really good solutions. Uh, for mental health of police, fire, EMS, and um, and veterans. And that is the All Clear Foundation. They are a 501c3 charity organization uh, established to create solutions to the mental health and physical health crisis for the first responder community. Um, you can actually text them at B-A-D-G-E, badge, to 741-741, and that will connect you to a trained crisis counselor confidentially, you can talk with them, like, about anything. We also um, um, do not get paid to plug these campaigns. We really are just doing it for you. <laughs> I felt like that was very infomercially. It like, was very infomercially. 741, 741. Yep. But honestly, guys, we're really doing this for you. If you want to, like, we'll even do more research. If, you know, these three that we've pointed out aren't for you, we can do research and help you out, find something that yeah. is going to work for you. Right. And, you know, when I go out and I like, look for these, I'm not just, like, I don't just Google like, hey, first responder mental health, and the first one that pops up on Google in the little ad space, it's not the one I usually go with. I sit there, and I dig, and I vet, and I go, would I use this? Right. And if I would use it, then I feel comfortable saying, here, use this service. Yeah. So, yes, it did sound infomercially, but I kind of wanted it to. So, um, you know, there's, an, there's another, you know, uh, a good resource, and all the links and everything for all of these can be found in the descriptions of the YouTube and the, uh, the show notes below. So um, the other announcement is Operation at Ease last week um, debuted another bit of awesomeness. Uh, hopefully you guys saw it and already purchased yours. I was going to purchase some for here, but I didn't get the opportunity. Um, I didn't, haven't you're, seen you're, it. Crickets? Okay, so uh, this... Yeah, I haven't this, seen it yet either. Okay, so this is an announcement for everybody. Drum roll. Cool. So, uh, well, she sounded pretty good. That did sound pretty good. <laughs> uh, so, Joni and the gang have partnered with the Moxie Coffee Company of Stillwater, New York, and they have released Operation Caffeinate. It is a dark roast coffee Ooh. blend available for purchase. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's available for purchase right now, and the proceeds. I spoke to Joni specifically. The proceeds raised from the sale of this coffee will be added to a grant being awarded by the Moxie Women's Foundation in collaboration with Operation at Ease for a worthy female veteran who is actively pursuing what they say they're looking for is ambitious, purposeful goals. 
Um, when I, when I spoke to Joni, she said that their goal is the sale of 63 bags of coffee. That would grow the grant to exactly $1,000. Now, I know for a fact that our local reach is way more than 63 people. <laughs> I also know right. that EMS providers need more than just one bag of coffee. Right. I also know that we are approaching, and this is the self, you know, oh yeah Ooh, moment, yeah. 10,000 total downloads wow. for, so for wow. this show. So people I know that there are a lot of people listening within the sound of our community. So go go online. Again, the, the link for this is uh, in the show notes and the YouTube. Purchase your bag of coffee. It's $16. Like, I know that the economy sucks right now. It's $16. It's going for a great cause. I know that this show alone can get more than 63 bags of coffee. And that's what I'm hoping that you guys will do. Support this amazing idea. Um, again, link for the bag of coffee is in the description. The only downside is that Joni is not providing shipping for these, so you have to go and pick it up at her, uh, at her location. However, if eight people buy, you know, eight bags of coffee, carpool, you know, or one person yeah. go pick it up for everybody. So, um, if you are a female veteran that may be listening um, and could be thinking like, how the heck do I apply for this grant? Um, Joni said that applications are being uh, accepted starting September 1st, and they're specifically looking for a female veteran who is ambitious, charismatic, self-starting, well-spoken, authentic, and able to tell the story of their struggles and triumphs and is who, and who is the champion of their own story. So I think, it is so it's a, pretty much all of them. That's what I was ex- thinking. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, I'm sure more details as September 1st gets closer, um, you know, will be coming out. But uh, definitely, so like, one of, the, one of the greatest things that we do is support Operation Addies, you know, for like two years now, one year yeah. now, however long it's been. Um, you know, so if, again, if you can spare the sixteen dollars, please go and support that uh, that great cause through the uh, uh, through Operation Addies and the Moxie Women's Foundation. So, which is also cool. Like, I didn't know that there was Moxie Coffee in Stillwater, which is like an I've all female, that, so. like run coffee company. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, moving on. Literally buying my coffee right now. All right. <laughs> of course you are. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're, let's go into this system. All right. So the system, the area is covered by a municipal fire district, which staffs their ambulances with one paid EMT, uh, basic and one paramagician. Uh, the hospitals, there are two hospitals in the immediate area. One is a level two trauma center, approximately 20 minutes away. And the other is a fairly large medical center that specializes in cardiac stroke and pediatrics around 30 minutes away. Good triangle. Yep. Uh, you guys are dispatched. Um, a Delta priority or priority one for, uh, to a single family home for a 22-year-old male with complaints of shortness of breath and difficulty breathing. So um, based off of just dispatch information, where are you guys thinking is, is immediate causes for young male with respiratory distress? I know this is really random. What is the weather? Pneumo. Who's a what's it? The weather. I don't know. I didn't ask. Well, because if it's really warm running weather, 
nice running weather and people just start running, spontaneous pneumo. And if it's seasons changing and polleny, asthma. Polleny. I hate polleny. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Um, there was a valid reason behind my question. Nobody likes to always run is. in like tw- negative twenty degree weather. Yet you still see those fucking crazy people doing. I think it. I'd rather run in cold than warm. No, because it just hurts your lungs. You gotta have like yeah, but that. You nice don't sweat. Yeah, we gotta have like that nice like. Which means your balls day. don't stick to your leg. <laughs> that issue. I no, do, and that's freeze. why you don't run. <laughs> you gotta have like that nice sixty degree day, not too cold, not too hot. I mean, let me not confuse you. I don't run. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, I feel like cold would be nicer. It, yeah. I feel like if you are dedicated enough to run when it's crappy weather out, you probably don't have spontaneous pneumos as much as random guy that just started running. If you're tall and skinny, you might. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, Dang cross I would say runners. anything. I, I would say I, it, I, I'd be leaning more towards some kind of a chronic issue. Yeah, so this is something that he's dealing with, 22. He didn't get stabbed in the lung, you know, because he lives in the hood. Hey, hey, you never know. <laughs> so, um, so the crew ends up getting there, and they gather their first in-bag monitor and ALS bag, begin to walk towards the home. They are met in the driveway by a male, walking towards them who appears anxious and diaphoretic. Smoking cigarette, mm. yeah, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, it would be hilarious if they were sitting there with a cigarette. It makes me feel better that they're walking, Yeah, but, they're but anxious I still and do diaphoretic. not like the presentation. Uh. Yes. So the EMT makes their way up to the male and introduces themselves and, uh, and their partner. Um, the male anxiously begins to speak. The words are broken, and he is appearing to have some, uh, some like difficulty in, in speaking the words. Um, however, this difficulty, he is able to tell the EMS crew that he began to feel shorter breath and anxious around 45 minutes ago while at home working on his computer. The crew seeing the difficulty he is having, getting words out, move him directly to the ambulance, and then begin their full assessment. So, with the initial presentation, are you guys concerned for anything specific? I guess my clarification is, is he having difficulty getting the words out because he can't breathe, or is he having difficulty getting the words out because we're stuttering and we're really nervous that we feel like we can't breathe? Okay. So, so you think anxiety? No, I'm not thinking anxiety. Oh, like, she's thinking he's a paramedic student, Kelsey, no, just went straight I just want to know, the, is so, it, like, we're stuttering, we're, like, we can't get words out, as in, like, we're short of breath and we're, it's jacking up our anxiety because we have an actual medical complaint, or can we not get words out because we physically can't catch our breath? Because there's a difference there. I would have to agree. I do, but anxiety for me is hypoxia-related until proven otherwise, like, People are like, I mean, oh, they're right, restless. Right. I'm like, okay, but are they hypoxic? Is that why? I'd be anxious if I couldn't breathe also, but I just want to know, like, if there's, why can't we speak? Right. If they're is stationary. It, is it anxious? I think an easier way to say it is it, are they anxious because they're actually right. having anxiety or are they anxious because they're they hypoxic? Right. 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 Um, I wasn't even worried about that. I just want to know, like, why can't we speak? <laughs> but I think it all ties in. Yeah. You know? If he's stationary, well, like, did he throw a PE? Is there any pain associated? Yeah, all good things that we have to find out, right? So, you know, you guys kind of already are leading into my next question. You're you're looking for pain. You're looking for, you know, differentials. You're looking for PE signs, right? Lung sounds, all those types of things. All the good things. All the the basic good things. So the, the gentleman's inside the ambulance on the stretcher at this point. The paramedic begins their initial exam while the EMT begins connecting to the cardiac monitor. Uh, the medic finds that he's alert and oriented times four, 
Airways patent, no fluid, no other debris is noted. Breathing is shallow, appearing to kipnik. However, lung sounds are clear in all fields bilaterally. Um, radial pulses are present, strong, equal in both wrists, GCS of 15. Uh, the EMT has connected the cardiac monitor. The 170. Huh? 170. That's What's his rate? That's your heart rate. That's, oh, okay. That's your All right. We're, we're going with the adenosine <laughs> route. Okay. So um, the EMT connected the cardiac monitor, the four lead, and the 12 lead cables. Initial four lead shows a sinus rhythm with unifocal PVCs, and the 12 lead is obtained as well and shows the same sinus rhythm with PVCs. No ST elevations or major depressions are noted. How frequent are the PVCs? Um, frequent. Yeah, like I would frequent? say I w- I wouldn't say super frequent, but you're getting you know one or two every you know thirty to forty seconds. Okay. Okay. Um, so then baseline vitals are also taken through the monitor, and uh, you find blood pressure via the auto cuff is one five one over one one nine. Probably high. Uh, heart rate of eighty seven. I was expecting. Yep, heart rate of eighty seven. Strong regular. Uh, respiratory rate is 26 and shallow. SpO2 returned is 94% on room air. And for whatever reason, because we live in the age of COVID, the temperature was obtained and it was 99.9 via the infrared temperature probe. So the one that you zap on your forehead. So how do you guys feel about these specific assessment findings and vital signs? And does anything specific stick out to you guys? That blood pressure is sky high. Yeah. I would, I would, it's narrow sort of like, and I sky you, high, too. I thought you were going to tell me, like, 151 over 90, and I was like, oh, that's high, like, and I was expecting it to be high, but then you were like, oh, no, and I was like, eh. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I want to know what's causing the uh, shallow respiratory rate, and then also you've got, yeah. you know, an obviously healthy young individual is that he, is now throwing PCs every other couple complexes. We don't know, though. Uh, Does he have cancer I guess or something? Like, we be, didn't ask. Let the my man next speak. Would, my next question would be, um, just to rule it out and not to be a dick about it, but you know, you take any illicit drugs. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to. Yeah. With those kind of vital signs, again, why is he throwing PVCs? Right. Twenty-two yeah. year olds typically don't, you know, unless there's a reason. Um, Does he have muffled heart tones? Who the fuck would know? Listen to it. Okay. <laughs> I'm cardiac, not gonna. Well, I'm thinking cardiac tamponade. Yep. Yeah. Heart yep. squishing. Well, and that's it. So that would irritate the heart enough to throw PVCs. It would the give him shortness pressure. of breath. Right, he would, have, short, he would have that really narrow blood pressure. Yep, yep. All good things to be thinking about, right? Um, so, as we continue on, he's still speaking in broken sentences, uh, appearing as though he is having difficulty getting words out of his mouth. He goes on to tell the medic that about two weeks ago, he was making dinner one night and began to experience sudden onset chest pain and racing heart rate. Um, he went to the local ER, uh, drove himself to the ER, and was diagnosed with uh, frequent PVCs uh, that night and then sent home with no further details, no, no follow-up, no nothing, because 22-year-olds don't have cardiac problems, right? Right. So the... Uh, That's how the, I feel about that. No, not right, <laughs> no. but okay. Uh, agreed. It's not right, and... It's a, it's a significant... I mean, this happened to me how many times I since say, I was... how old were you when you got your fucking pacemaker? 33? And almost, 32, 22? What did 22. you say was 22? But my cardiac issue started when I was 13. Right. Yeah. I was in middle school when I had my first syncopal episode. 13 years old. Nope. It wasn't until I was 33 that they were like, 
yeah, there's a problem here. We I should probably we'll take fix them it. seriously. Right. <laughs> 20 fucking years. That's nuts. So uh, the ENT and the medic both note that his speech was increasingly slow and garbled. While it appeared he had words that he wanted to say, but took him a significant amount of time to get them out of his mm. mouth. Clots. Huh? Clots. Clots. Lots of clots. Clots. So um, there's no one around to, you know, get like a full detailed history from. And the crews felt that it was too difficult to wait for him to just answer the question. So uh, the EMT tells him, like, shake your head yes or no to the history taking questions. So he nods yes to taking meds. He nods yes to having an anxiety history and nods no to any allergies. That's all that I've gotten out of this. So we can assume that he nodded no to respiratory and cardiac history. Like, I would just assume that these people asked those questions. Because say about assumptions, though. Right, but you have to... Correct. You, he could have been like, this is anxiety, like paramedic intern Kelsey said at the beginning. She's <laughs> not what I meant. I know. I'm just going to poke fun at it. Um, just wanted but, I mean, how many, how many other EMTs and paramedics do we know oh my God. go to a 22-year-old that with some shortness of breath and goes, oh, well, they have anxiety. Yep, it's anxiety. But like, there's so many ways you miss the giant stemmy. Are you strokey? Are you difficulty breathing? Are you anxiety <laughs> Not Just stop. <laughs> e. So, um, so the EMT also obtains a blood glucose, which returns as 97 milligrams per deciliter. Uh, he's then secured to the stretcher, and the EMT uh, begins transport to the medical center 30 minutes away. So okay. up to now, what are this, like, where are you guys thinking this guy's issue lies? Do you have any differentials at this point? That you're going to be working towards in the next couple minutes. I'm going to do a neuro exam. I wanted to do a neuro exam yeah, because I'm thinking this weird speech is making me think neuro. And if you're also having difficulty breathing, I'm just thinking you're full of clots. Okay. We could be fighting three different things. You know, am I P and a stroke for all I care? It could be all of them or none of them. Yep. I mean, we've talked about how people have strokes and MIs on the show before. You know, that's fun. So, yeah. I have one of those in clinical. I have a strokey, um, barely MI patient. Yeah. Got to tell you about that. They're fun. fun. Well, They're super fun. What'd you, say, what'd you say he was doing when he first had it? When he, he had his first his uh, episode of this? So, uh, he said two weeks ago he had um, instances of chest pain and rapid heart rate. Today, 45 minutes uh, prior of calling, he said that he started having shortness of breath with anxiety while sitting working on his computer. Right, but the first time he didn't say what we what he was, he was doing at the time. Yeah, he was cooking, cooking dinner. Yeah, he was cooking dinner. Yeah, he was cooking dinner. So no, so he wasn't doing anything strenuous, and he wasn't sitting at the computer for like eighteen hours straight without moving his legs. We didn't ask. We don't know. That's the thing. He didn't give that information, and from what I know, the crew didn't try and obtain that information because they didn't give it to me. Hmm. Does he have any history of the high blood pressure? Again, the only thing that he nods yes and no to is anxiety. So I can only assume and that he takes meds and that he takes meds, but they what didn't meds? ask. They didn't. I, they didn't get. I it. almost want to ask. I mean, you can shake yes or no to like. Do you have any family history of anything like this? This is almost. Like, well, I mean, the kid's alert and oriented. Why didn't you just say, "Hey, 
get out your phone and type what you yeah, you know, write or write it down or wait right. for him to answer. Right. I I feel like there's way better ways. They almost like wrote him off, like oh, it's too hard to communicate with him, and just was like, here's the easiest thing. Let me let me specifically ask for what I want. Do you have anxiety? Right. Yes. Okay. Right. Perfect. It's anxiety. We're done. Right. They already signed it out. They already signed it out. I feel out. like I also want to ask, like, family history. Because, like, maybe your father died of a heart attack at 30. Mm-hmm. You know, and you are really prone, like, and your family has just a really bad history of clots. Because, like, you know, it's not always genetic, but in something like that, it's usually a pretty good indicator. You know, and the thing that kind of gets me is if it was thinking in the paramedic's, like, mind here. If it was just anxiety and nothing else, that's BLS all day long. Like, I'd be like, here you go, M, BLS, right? But this paramedic took it because the EMT is driving. So the, the paramedic had an inkling that something had an else inkling is going that on. Something else is going on. Just hasn't gotten there yet. The spidey senses are tingling and we can't figure out we why. We can't figure out why, right? So interesting things to think about. So... Um, the medic actually places oxygen via nasal cannula, uh, two liters per minute due to the continued feeling of the shortness of breath and the anxiety. Um, and, uh, and then they go and obtain another set of vital signs. Blood pressure at this point returns, uh, as 143, 143 over nine, one, uh, heart rate is 78, still irregular, still strong sinus with PVCs on the monitor, still, uh, unifocal. Respiratory rate is 20, slightly shallow, so it came down a little bit. And um, SpO2 is 91% on the 2 liters oxygen. GCS still 15, alert and oriented times 4. So you want to say something? I have two questions. Sure. Are the PVCs staying at the same rate, or are they becoming more regular? More frequent? They are staying at about the same rate. How is his speech doing? Is it worse, better, the same? Speech is about the same. Okay. Those were my two follow-ups. Okay. Em, you look deep in thought. I am. What do his pupils look like? Don't know. They didn't check him yet. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was snarky. Sorry. That was, that was really snarky. <laughs> what are you thinking? Like Sorry you, to the world. you look really deep in thought. I'm right just now. it's interesting because I'm a little less thinking tamponade. But he's getting more hypoxic with supplemental oxygen. So now I'm thinking more PEE. Yeah. But also, I don't know. But there's, you know, there's also clear lung sounds, right? Now, granted, you can have PEs with clear lung sounds. Right. Right? Um, there's no diminished. There's no fluid. There's no wheezing. There's no and nothing. And we have no other history. You know? Like, is there S1, Q, well, like, three, T3? Does he have a history of WPW? Like, are we fighting some wonky fucking cardiac thing here? Yep. Who knows? Ask Butch. Do we need to play his theme music? Is Butch here? Um, All right. <laughs> so um, as time goes on, the medic notices that his speech is becoming more garbly. Oh, yep. Okay. We have a clock. So <laughs> oh. did you just punch yourself in the face? No, I yanked my head. <laughs> I forgot I'm connected. Um, so the medic notices that his speech is becoming more garbly um, and then goes down Gerard's request of full neuro assessment. Yay. Thank you. Um, 
finds that there is no unequal grip strength, negative pronator drift, there is slight global weakness as uh as it was told he reports a feeling of just overall exhaustion pupils finally are you know evaluated pupils are equal reactive to light no headaches or blurry vision what about like cranial nerves no facial asymmetry speech is garbled and it appears that he's still able to think like very easily of what he wants to say, can't but can't get the words out of his mouth. It's just garbled and broken. Um, did, he, did he have him track track his finger with his eyes? No. Okay. No. Um, so I don't know if there's back? any deviations or anything, or gazes or anything like that. What was gotcha. that? Can he, like, repeat a statement back? He can. However, it takes him a long time. Again, it's it's like, hey... Say no dog, you know, can't, well, teach an old, can't dog teach an old dog new tricks or whatever. And he go and he'll sit there and look at you, be like, I know what I'm going to say, but it's going to take him a while and it's going to be garbly. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So, hmm. causes of this, everyone's thinking neuro clots. Are there any I, other causes that we're thinking? Tumor. Like, tumor? Yeah. Okay. Cancer. Cancer. Maybe this kid's got a, like, Tumor in his head, and especially like a cancer. I mean, infection. You could infection, have like meningitis, or something. Yeah, right. The fact, the fact that it, that this is progressing that quickly. Um, I mean, I guess if you really want to take the initial onset, it would have been two weeks prior. Yep. But now we've reached whatever that point is of critical mass. Where now we're we're rapidly, you know, going downhill. We're so something is. Yeah, I'm I'm still thinking it's in the head. Now, does it? Does it concern anybody, or because I'm just going to bring it up. We know that we can't rely on them 110%, but remember, he's 99.9 on the thermometer. I know. So he's got a low grade. I mean, it's not a low grade fever. It's not a treatable fever, but his temperature is increased. It's still increased. It's still increased. He's 22? He's 22. Does he go to college? I don't know. Mono. You could assume so. Some sort of weird. But what's also, the, like, it what's could the just, new one that you can you get, get a, a monkey flu. For? Well, it's also just like, is this neuro and the temperatures proving it? Like, are your neuro patients you would expect to be hyperthermic? Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's kind of feeding our yeah. But could it be infection? Right. That's why I said meningitis earlier. Like, yes, yeah, so I don't know. It it's could be still neuro, right. but it the cause is not clot or tumor. Right. Meningitis. Some infection. sort of right infectious right. process. Infection. You know. All really good things to think about. So um, the medic goes on to search for an IV site, uh, but then they... I think he's 22. He should have halfway decent veins. You would think. However, this paramagician says that they did not find any suitable access and does not make any IV attempt. So I don't know if that's just like, hey, he's got really shitty access and I don't want to take the chance. I've pulled that card where I'm like, I could hit that, maybe. But I'm not going to try unless they deteriorate to where I have yeah. to. I've pulled that card. I'm okay with saying that card. Or is this just being lazy and being like, nope, I didn't see anything. 
I don't know. And what is he going to do with that right now? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So like, is he going to give him fluid? Right. right. Like, what do you is only they... have a hand vein and you're like, well, you know, they're going to want an AC in the hospital. Why am I going to stick him? I don't really need it. Right. I don't what necessarily disagree it? with that. I don't like this well, patient presentation, but like, I don't really have a treatment plan. To go forward. Right. Like, I'm not going to give this guy fluid. They're not, you know, hypothetical. That's, that's just it, though. It's, it's like for me, Behind the I would I would I would I would I would have put a freaking line in. I would at least tried, because it's one thing I don't want to have to be scrambling for. Especially this dude is, looks like we're we're progressing south. Right. You yeah. know, at a at a quick pace. If he, you know, if, if it gets to the point where I have to do something, it's the last thing late. I want to do is fuck around yeah. starting a fucking IV. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I do not, agree with that. Uh, either way you look at it, I think you know having it and not using it is good because you're you're seeing neurological changes changes, changes yeah, in a bad direction you could be intubating this guy in seven minutes you don't yeah know. i mean if, he, if he, he had the he had the inclination you know that he had his spider senses tingling so that right there right right off the rip i mean i'm thinking okay so something about this made him uneasy you know this this isn't an anxiety that you're going to turf to somebody you know and and this is you're taking it in yourself so stay with your gut and yeah if if that's tingling in your head Hey, shoot for the IV, man. You know, you know your anatomy. You know where it should be. Give it a shot. Yeah. Yep. You know. So, we're gonna jump fifteen minutes into the transport, right? So, fifteen minutes goes by. I don't like that, a lot happens in fifteen minutes. Yep. So, at this point, his he starts saying that his weakened exhaustion feeling is going away. Ooh. The garbled speech becomes clearer. However, it's still there, and he's still having trouble getting words out, but the speech becomes clearer. Vital signs again, blood pressure, 129 over 87, so it's progressively going back down was to it, normal. Was that a sudden drop, or has it been progression? This is progression. Okay. Okay. Heart rate, 84, still irregular, sinus with PVCs. Respiratory rate remained near 20. And regular, no longer shallow. SBO2 is now 96% on the two liters. GCS remains 15. He is now no longer complaining of any shortness of breath and no longer appears anxious. Hmm. So now what are we thinking? Because now well, we've just flipped everything. The infectious process. Yeah, because you can't... Because you, you wouldn't just, like, suddenly get rid of no. an infection. Yeah. Right. And you wouldn't improve that fast. Yeah, within uh -huh. 15 minutes. Huh. You're less likely to just clear clots in that time. But you could. But you I mean, we've all seen... Are you having a TIA, though? Like, are you having is a it TIA? still there and you're just... Managing. Interesting. Or what, is that, what is that weird thing where patients get really good and then they just... You know what I'm talking about? When, like, they have, no. like, that moment of clarity... Where they're fine. On hospice patients? Before they die? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What if it's I that? mean, it's like a natural cause of death. Or a right. natural progression of death, I should say. What if it's right. that? Right. Suddenly, suddenly it's like they, they've got this, like, all this clearly their last effort, and then they die the next day. What if this is his last effort, and then he's dying? <laughs> you would hope not. Well, we a fucking ray of sunshine. Um, Jesus. Yeah, right? I'm glad that uh, Gerard put in that IV then. <laughs> right. <laughs> So uh, it's just hanky. <laughs> it is. It's it's kind of unnerving. It's a very interesting presentation. Have you ever asked him about pain? Yeah, he no, did. 
No, you said so, earlier he didn't have pain, so right? So there is no there is no pain currently. He had pain only the the chest pain two, two weeks, weeks ago, ago, but there's no pain now. What about any uh, like numbness, tingling? So here's the funny thing: during the neuro exam, they never asked for numbness or tingling anywhere. Huh. I don't know. That would still fit Kelsey's anxiety theory. If you had numbness and tingling. Okay, but numbness and tingling can also be a million and a half. You were the one things. that came out with anxiety from the get-go. I just wanted to know if he was... <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I quit. This is great. Um, so... I look for reasons for things to not be anxiety. That I is quit. true. So, um, medic goes in, calls calls the hospital um, for possible neuro. They're thinking neuro. I still neuro, agree. That's right? a good choice. Um they they report of dysphagia with no other significant stroke-like symptoms. Just the difficulty in speaking with the garbled speech. Um, the ambulance arrives approximately seven minutes later to the hospital. No changes seen in his condition from where we're at. So still garbled, clearer than before, still having difficulty, no other issues. Um, brought inside, evaluated at the door by one of the ER docs. Sent to triage. <laughs> no. Uh, so apparently this ER physician felt that there was enough evidence to send them to CT. Nice. So, uh. Well, and good for the paramedic for calling in as a, like a neuro alert too. Yes. Right. So okay. Even I totally pro- agree with that. Yeah. And you would think this is probably, they, they called about 10 minutes out. You, you'd think so. Yeah, you want it earlier, but not. I'd rather have it ten minutes than two. Right. Hey, no, we're I pulling agree. in. Clear the CT scanner. Yeah, yeah. You know. At least it gives them time. At least it gives them time, right? And to have the ER doc evaluate at the door—that's awesome. Right. You know, you get that sometimes, but not always. You know, especially mm-hmm. on like those weird half in, right. half maybe. Right. Yeah. You know, like, when you're not totally sure, it's hard right. to like convince somebody else exactly. to be totally sure. Exactly. Like when you're like, yeah, this is a stroke. These are the symptoms. Right. They're right. like, yep, Their go directly goes, to CT. Right down. Right. In these cases where you're like, yeah, doc, it. this is the only thing, and this is kind of what I'm thinking because this is the only thing that fits. Right. I'll meet you at the door. Right. I love when they come out. So they end up taking them uh, to the CT room. And uh, he's, you know, unloaded to the CT bed. All cares turned over. Um, so are you guys going with, I know everyone in here is going probably with neuro at this point. Are we going with CVA, TIA, tumor? What UTI. UTIs <laughs> <laughs> was- don't resolve that quickly, though. He took a leap. right on the stretcher right on the stretcher yep didn't even notice (laughs) it was clear blended right in right UTIs wouldn't be clear shut up (laughs) details (laughs) minor minor no they don't smell (laughs) so do do we have any thoughts on final thoughts transient something 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 transient. something was fucked and then it became unfucked I, I i'm i don't know yeah i'm gonna go get some fucking some of that fucking coffee yeah right, yeah, right? yeah i mean i i think i'm with gerard on that like it's improving so it makes me think it's transient but 
but it's still there, which means it's right. still yeah. not happening. Fully resolved. Right. Does it matter to me if it's a TIA or a CBA? It I really, don't know. Well, and that's it. So typically, TIAs will resolve. You know, isn't it usually right. a quick resol- resolution? So, but TIAs, about that, that's TIAs what, just can, about an hour. TIAs, yeah. right? This well, happened in just about an well, hour and two, forty-five yeah. minutes. It, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I, mean, I, I, I had to take a, uh, <laughs> I had to take a coworker of mine a couple months back. You know, I show up at work and, you know, he's like, "Can you hook me up to the monitor? Because you know, like, I'm not feeling so good." And, you know, half his face is sliding off, <laughs> and completely, complete bust in all freaking areas of this freaking Cincinnati scale. He was completely freaking porked. And, uh, yeah, was having a fucking stroke. But he gets to the freaking CT, they take him out, and they put him in the freaking, uh, in the room in the ER, and everything resolved to a certain extent, except for he continued to have a persistent, um, like, hemiparesis on the, I believe it was the right side. So, I mean, like, yeah, sometimes they resolve, but sometimes, and they listed it as a, as a TIA. Right. Even though those symptoms, symptoms persist. persist. Yeah. Well, because there was improvement. It doesn't have to resolve 100%. Most do within 24 hours, but like it. And that's what I, that's where I was going. Yeah. There's no rules that say like, oh, well, everything has to be back with, you know, come back within two hours. Right. You're still, you could still have deficits from a TIA. Right. Right. And And, oh, and oh, by the way, 30 year old. Yeah, exactly. And we're, we're not going to know. We've only been part of this man for 30 minutes of his care. Right. So like right. maybe his dysphagia is going to go away in four more hours. We're not going to know that. Right. And ultimately, so I, I did get a CT update. I have no idea what happened after the CT, but CT was negative in this case. Yeah, but you would anticipate yep. it too. So Even you, if it was a CBA, as, he's not having was, a bleed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. This was my coworkers. Right. But you yeah. you anticipate that. Most Correct. neurological events are going to be found on an MRI or just based on symptom Just based on symptoms. CTs, I know that everybody's – and I know everybody says, like, oh, we got to go to CT. Like, we know it's going to be negative. We right. know they're not having a bleed. Even yep. if you can find something on a CTA, maybe you get lucky. But most of the time, you're not going to find that. Yep. You're not. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just assumed, like, oh, they're going to either see a bleed or a clot. They're just going to know. You don't really find clots on CTs all that often. Huh. Even, like, a CTA. It has to be, like, a massive. It's got to be big. And, like, sometimes you do. You're going to find out on an MRI way more likely, but are you going to get an emergent MRI? Like, that's actually yeah. one criteria that you can. There's nothing emergent about MRIs. Point <laughs> blank period. It takes fucking forever. Yeah. Yep. So, overall, how did the call go? In your guys, in your guys' thoughts, did like there's things I would have done differently. There's things I would have done the same. I don't think it was terrible. What it? What did? Yeah. What would you do differently in that case? Because I, I don't think they did terrible. I his history, I would have allowed. Like I would have taken the extra time to get the better history. Yeah. I don't know if it would have helped. Um, yeah. I, I don't think, think I would have left without it, like, without knowing what's going to were. Yeah, you're on meds for what? And right. do you yeah. take them? Hey. Dude, can I go in your house? Can I send my partner right. in your house to go find him? For all I know, you're on a blood thinner and you don't know why you take it or anything, and you haven't taken it in three weeks. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's my, my big thing. Would have been the med list. I'd, I'd, I'd want that. Uh, you know, even if you but, don't, I, even if you don't get a history, you the can, med list will tell you. Me. Can get it yeah. from the med list. Yeah. Right. You know, so at least get that. Yeah. And tomato, tomato on the freaking IV, whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's, it's it wouldn't nice. Have, it wouldn't have changed anything for this person, I don't think. Yeah. No. 
not not in their you know present state, and that's why I say I'm not. I'm not faulting them for that. Right. Not, maybe I, I would have done it different. I don't know. Exactly. I'm sitting at a round table. I don't fucking know. Right. Uh, I think just maybe maybe a few more questions, more pertinent questions, stuff that maybe they didn't think about, like you know, asking about the pain, asking about illicit you know drug use, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they did a, they did fine, man. Yeah, yeah, I think it was just a really interesting presentation. Yeah. That kind of takes you in like 18 different directions of what it can be caused by. Like, you know, we we know that, you know, head like I, head I just trauma. thought of something they didn't no ask. No one was ask, asking yeah. about trauma. did you fall? Did you get whacked in the head? Did right. you know like whatever? Nobody checked, like, nobody checked for a wet bandage. Nobody uh, checked for a wet bandage. That's true. That is true. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we thought tumor, we thought infection, we thought stroke. Those are all good things to think about. Yeah. Tra- you know? Yeah. Trauma. But it's yeah, interesting it? too, though, because if you had this exact presentation and the patient was 82 instead of 22, it's right. still relevant when we were thinking neuro, but would we have come up with all this other stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it is, I mean, it is kind of interesting, you know? Um, the, the big thing that, you know, I want people to take away from this episode is, you know, all of these things that were happening with this patient are symptoms of a bigger issue, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, you know, we can identify and treat symptoms if need be, but we're not identifying the bigger issue. Right, yeah. So we have to keep narrowing and digging until we figure out what that bigger issue is. And keep thinking, you know, you come out with... 22 years old, spontaneous pneumo, but like keep reevaluating that. Right, right. My first guess is never correct. <laughs> I don't think anyone's like is, things you know? change. So things keep change. evaluating. Um, so terminology, just so that, you know, we, we use them interchangeably. Uh, aphasia is loss of ability to understand or express speech, right? right. Um, he this never, he never yeah. had any of that. The dysphagia is the partial loss or ability to understand or express speech. Now, um, that's how I learned it years ago. Uh, The newest, I guess, medical researchers and, you know, people that write journals, they're actually using aphasia for both. So dysphagia is kind of getting thrown out, and they're using them now interchangeably. Fucking laziness. Um, Yeah. So... Just know that, you know, if someone's like, oh, yeah, they're aphasic, it's like, okay, well, they're still talking to me. They're just, they're using that, you know, as dysphagia as well. However, don't confuse aphasia with aphasia with a G. There's an S and there's a G. This is what what I love about medicine, right? Just pick a fucking different word. Um, So aphasia with a G is the inability... Or difficulty in swallowing. So again, could be a neurological issue, but not related to speech at all. So just <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget I had a I, I was doing a transfer one time and you know I was getting a report from the nurse and I was looking at the paperwork and and she mentions, Oh, you know, uh aphagia and I went, Oh, it must be aphagia. Italian. <laughs> you know, but you knew what she was talking about. <laughs> That's awesome. Aphagia. Sounds like yeah, a, that sounds high. like a dirty vagina. <laughs> you knew that what she meant too. <laughs> so, uh, the last thing I just want to touch base on is 
in EMS as a whole, EMT, paramedic, we are taught a very limited basic stroke exam. Oh, God. Very, very. Thank we, you for bringing this we up. We look at facial weakness, arm weakness, and speech disturbances. That's it. We There are 14 oh. other thousand different things neurologically that neurologists will evaluate for. Well, I always go to cardinal points to check do the cranial nerves as well. So, well, so and and that's my well, and that's it. So, I'm a firm believer on expanding your knowledge base and being able to expand what you're looking for. So, I have no problem if Gerard goes and does all of these cranial nerve types things because he's thought it through. Like, okay, if their eyes are deviating this way, it means this. Yeah. Don't just do these crazy neuro. Don't snap in someone's ears and be like, does it sound the same over here? Does it? Because the neurologist <laughs> does it in front of the CT scanner without knowing what you're looking right. for. It's really cool to be able to be like, yeah, they, they can't hear out of their left ear, but what the fuck are you going to do with it? What right. does it mean? Right. It's cool to know, but what are you going to do with it? Don't just right. pocket that information. Understand what you're evaluating. But also don't assume, like, we are taught this minute stroke scale, which drives me fucking insane. Because they're like, well, they're Cincinnati negative. Like, that means absolutely nothing. Do you know how large of an occlusion you have to have to have a positive Cincinnati? Mm. Yep, I don't large. need a Cincinnati stroke scale to tell me that this person is having stroke when it's right. that right. obvious. Right. So right. don't just put all your eggs in that basket and be like, well, their exactly. Cincinnati's negative. Right. So there's no, they're, yeah, there's exactly. no stroke. By that, by that point, you know, the face is sliding off. Right. right. Exactly. Like, no. There is <laughs> way more stroke scales out there. Like, look at them. Yeah. They're, you know, in the hospital, we use the NIH a lot, which there's some components that we can't do on the ambulance, but there's a lot we can. Find out what it is. Find out what it all means. Like, yeah. it's way more comprehensive and it's still not perfect. Right. And I was I like, think, uh, I like think... when we're teaching classes and we're talking about, you know, we start getting into strokes and stuff. I always love to talk about that, that one call I had, um, where it was, you know, a 30 something guy just had some lower, it was complaining of just, uh, his legs felt weak, you know, and we load him on a stretcher and, and he's talking to me and, he, and there's like a little lisp in his voice, you know, and I don't know why, but there was some, there was a little bit of a crowd of people around when we were loading them in, and I saw this older gentleman like look like pretty intently was watching, and I just went up to him and I said, hey, "Quick question: Who is he to you?" And he said, "Oh, that's my son." And I said, "And I literally said, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but does he always talk like that with that lisp?" And he goes, "No, that just started like a day ago." Yeah, see, yeah, red flag. That right. was, that was the only clue. Now. Fast forward 10 minutes into the trip to the stroke center. Now he can't, he's good. And that's how he was, he was stroking right in front of me. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, no shit. Good, good call. We're going to the right place. Right. You know? right. And right. those are the little, little, you know, minute clues that if you're not looking for, you know, or being like, yeah. Hey, ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. Like this is not, Hey dude, you know, I, I always will sit there if they're able to talk to me and stuff. I'll sit there and I'll put my phone on selfie mode and I'll be like, look at your face. Does it yeah. look normal to you? Right. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And they're like, because I've seen you for one time. Right. I, don't I don't know, know what you. you look like. You know? I don't know what yeah. you and, sound like. I and I'll know. tell you, I couldn't tell you how many times I've gone early in my career. You're taught, okay, have the family member be like, do they look normal? 
that is the most hard question to think about because right. you know it, it was funny. I I sidebar. I was watching Saving Private Ryan the other night, <laughs> and I know really big sidebar. And I was towards the end of the movie. Um, Matt Damon. You really got you really got to be in the right mindset to watch that movie. Right. I so yeah. I, <laughs> which is funny. Because I was watching that movie while I was writing this call. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it came full circle. So um, so towards the end of the movie, Tom Hanks and Matt Damon are having a conversation. Matt about... Damon. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, so, so they're having a conversation about uh, remembering things, right? And Tom Hanks sits there after Matt Damon says, I can't remember. <laughs> are you going to do it every time? Um, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> don't, don't say her name. So, yeah. So Private Ryan says <laughs> um, that he can't remember his brothers, like what they look like, their faces. Right. And Tom Hanks sits there and goes, you can't remember faces. Right. Think other than, you know, like your specific family members. It's really, really difficult to just. Remember a face without context to it. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately the conversation that they have. Like, you need context to remember a face. So how are these family members, without context, going to just be like, yes, Uncle Jimmy looks normal. <laughs> they have no freaking clue, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's, that's ultimately why I switched from asking family, do they look normal to you, to asking them. Right. You know, yeah. and then if, and they, if, if they can't tell me, I base it off of should they look like that? Right. If they right. shouldn't, well, then they probably don't, don't. you know, just kind of things to keep in mind. Yeah. Anything else well, from you guys? I was just going to say that, that that call that I just referenced. I mean, that was literally the, the, the moment in my you know early paramedic career where I realized that, yeah, the Cincinnati scale is bunk. Yeah. Because that, that, that kid, he passed with flying colors when I first got on scene. Right. And that's you know? it. You know, like we use fast ED as well. You know that, yeah. that, but, but that only looks for specific vessel. things. Right. Large that's, vessel occlusion. But that's right. another one. Like I don't need, you know, do I know what the exact score is? No. But do I know they're having an issue? Yes. yes. I don't need the fast ED to tell me that. Exactly. So like, I get it. The Cincinnati is easy to teach. It's easy for people to understand. It's easy for them to remember. Yes. I get that. You know, in the hospital, we have the cheat sheet to give us the steps of the NIH. There's like 20 steps. I understand why we use the Cincinnati. Just remember, it's not the be-all, end-all. Right. Yep. Agreed. All right, guys. If that is it, we'll end here, um, and we'll see you in June. June. Hey. It'll be oh. hot and disgusting. I can't wait. Stay mm. safe, everybody. Donuts. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like more information on the podcast or to send us a call to review, visit medicmaterials.com forward slash podcast. To learn more information, like us on Facebook at Medic Materials EDU or watch our weekly instructional videos on the Medic Materials YouTube channel.